Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. And this week is a special episode, The State of Pro Wrestling for September 2023. It's a great episode where we touch on the latest news from AEW, WWE, NWA, Impact, and also cover the tremendous losses in the world of professional wrestling with the deaths of Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk. So go ahead and check that out today, wherever you get your podcasts and on over 30 radio stations worldwide. Plus also as well, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Joe Soro stopped by the latest Inside Sports Fantasy Football, along with me, Gerald Glassford, and Chris Ardieri of the Domination Sports Nation. We go over some final tips that you need because your draft most likely is this weekend. So go ahead and check it out. Inside Sports Fantasy Football. It's right there for you. Or check it out on YouTube on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel. It was really a great conversation. And next week, for opening week, I will have Joe Soro and the Magic Man, Sean Grice, right there for you on Inside Sports Fantasy Football. And speaking of Joe Soro, he is Ox1947. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at LakersBall.com. Plus, he owns a great company that you need to go ahead and check out if you're in the Southern California area and you're just tired of all the rains you know, just messing up your entire front lawn. Have it transformed into something much more magical than it is today with Symblades. Symblades with a Y.com. Plus, also as well, of course, our good friend, Mr. John McCallion on YouTube, go ahead and check out his latest conversations as he continues his drive to lose, lose 50 more pounds before Halloween. Go ahead and hear what he has to say with some great conversations on life and, of course, everything therein at the John McCallion channel. Also, speaking of YouTube, subscribe to the Empire Jeff TV channel. He's got a lot of great conversations about the NBA. You got to go ahead and check it out. It's a little bit more Joe Soro-ish type language. So go ahead and check it out if you're into that because it is really, really worth listening to and catching. 
His Agree to Disagree podcast is there. So go ahead and subscribe today to Empire Jeff TV if you can. It is greatly appreciated. And thank you again to Search and Destroy, our awesome, awesome, awesome moderator, for going ahead and introducing us to Empire Jeff. He's been a great part of this show, and we're looking forward to having him on more shows whenever he can make it. Plus also his great channel, Empire Jeff TV as well. Plus also, of course, the guys from Lakerholics. They will be back tomorrow on this channel. Around 10.15-ish, that's what Jamie Sweet is saying. So go ahead and check out Jamie Sweet and those five things and the number one Lakers blogger that's out there that's today. That is, of course, Laker Tom. I asked uh, Jamie, should I call him Laker Tommy? I'm thinking I might call him Laker Tommy once to see how far that flies. And, you know, if he doesn't spit in my virtual face, I think that'll probably go ahead and be okay. But... Go ahead and check out Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet argue. I mean, have a great conversation tomorrow around 1015, but also every single day at Lakerholics.com. And of course, again, Lakers fast break. If you can go ahead and support us any way you can, we're going ahead and starting memberships. We're going ahead and starting subscriptions, audio subscriptions, because you guys have been talking about it. Super chats. We hope to start that in the future, but we got to stay over a thousand subscribers. That's been hard for us because the bots, pew, 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 did it again. We were over a 1,000, then they took it away from us. So those evil bots right there for you, yes. Sean uh, is saying it's not my family members, although, Sean, I'm going to have you on here before I introduce you properly. Um, Sean, if it was your family members that decided not to take out, you know, subscribe and, you know, hurt your feelings like that, I say it's not going to be a good Thanksgiving around the Grice household that day. So I'm just going to say that right there. But, you know, hopefully it's not your family or friends desubscribing. So hopefully it's just the bots. I'm going to assume it's the bots. There you go. But please go ahead and subscribe today to get us back over, legitimately, over a 1,000 subscribers. So you can go ahead and help us out today. If you know somebody that's a Lakers fan out there, that's a, of course, the Lakers season is around the corner. Please go ahead and get them to subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live with the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. And once again, Jamie Sweet is in the chat. Joe Soros in the chat. Stop smiling, Sean. He says, what the hell does that mean? Joe Soros, of course, is up to no good as always. Benjamin, Benjamin Sweet, a.k.a. Jamie Sweet, he is saying in the chat, those bots, I'll tell you what, though, uh, I'm going to post here at JPEG uh, as far as the actual, uh, I guess, thumbnail that you're going to use for this this show. I'm going to post that while Sean's talking here. But here today to talk about Team USA versus Montenegro, uh, you know, a really close game, much closer than a lot of people anticipated. Plus also as well, Eric Lewis, we're going to talk about winning time, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff as far as our weekly roundup in the NBA. Good man indeed. He's the madman from Toronto. You just got to go ahead and check out what he's doing when he gets out of Toronto traffic. He's going to talk be talking about Eric Lewis's burner phone. It is the magic man, Sean Grice, and also JaVale McGee. Good man indeed. It is magic man, Sean Grice. Sean, great to have you here. Looking forward to a fun conversation. We hate the bots. I don't think it's your family dissing you. I just want to say that publicly, although, you know, there might be some underlying themes there. We'll see. Hope not. Don't think so. But that being the case, I know we'll get back to over a thousand, no problem. 
But your thoughts, though, first, where do you want to go with today's show? What's the first topic on the list from Magic Man, Sean Grice? All right, Gerald. I think uh, probably the most surprising result of the day was the uh, scrappy Brazilians uh, defeating Team Canada today uh, earlier in uh, Jakarta. Um, quite the surprise, Gerald. I wouldn't call it stunning as as uh, other um, um, publications and and uh, media out uh, sources have said. I, I think it's a surprising result. Um, Canada is still the the fourth ranked team in the Americas. Um, Brazil is slit, ranked slightly ahead of them. Um, and Gerald, it was a case of surprisingly Bruno Caboclo showing up in the fourth quarter and I Shea Gilgis Alexander disappearing. Let um, me ask you this. I mean, uh, th- is this the greatest performance of all time for Bruno Caboclo, who was given like umpteen thousand chances in the NBA? A hundred percent, Gerald. Um, it was his moment to shine. He, he made team Canada pay for their mistakes. 19, uh, 19 points. Uh, led Brazil in the fourth quarter, um, and you know it, it's it's a surprising result, absolutely. And now Gerald, Team Canada is staring down the barrel of elimination on Sunday when they play the Spaniards. That's a winner take all, and the loser goes home. Um, I'm not sure what Team Canada we're going to get, Gerald, because uh, Brazil expose kind of the flaws that uh, we talked about. They got Kelly Olenek in, in foul trouble. They got Dylan Brooks in foul trouble. They were able to take two of their best, uh, well, one of their best offensive players and definitely one of their, be- their best defenders. Um, it, it's it's um, fortuitous for Canada if they have both Lou Dort and Dylan Brooks out on the court at the same time, sandwiched in between um Shay, but that wasn't the case tonight. And um, uh, a a point guard named Yago Santos just ate Kelly Olynyk alive today, Gerald, in the pick and roll. Um, It's obvious that that's where Canada's weak spot is. It's pick and roll defense and soft coverage on uh, the outside because Brazil was able to hit a couple of threes that ordinarily you'd think a team that that's playing a zone would uh, just the bench would be screaming to somebody for a run back for the kickout, but Canada was late on a lot of the rotations as well. And um, I'm not sure if you caught some of the game at all, Gerald, but Jordy Fernandez Fernandez also drew the ire of the head official during the game. Um, There was a heated, there was a heated conversation. And the last thing the referee said, this is the last time we'll be speaking tonight. Um, yeah, and, and, uh, the fourth quarter was not, uh, Jordy's finest moment or Canada's drill, but Brazil won and they deserve the victory. Now it's do or die on Sunday, Brazil and Latvia, the winner qualifies and Canada and Spain, the loser goes home. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, you know, again, uh, it's just very surprising what we've seen so far, France, and now what's happening here. Uh, you know, is, is there any other, before we really get up, dive into Team USA and Montenegro, because I saw part of that game before I fell asleep, 
Um, and I was quite concerned. I didn't know what the outcome would be until <laughs> I popped it up in the morning when in the driving rain, taking my girls to school. But I wanted to ask you this, my friend, when, when it comes to some of the other action before we get to Team USA Montenegro, what, stu- what stood out to you in World Cup play so far? Yeah, so so the the two other uh, uh, surprising events from today drilled was that um, uh, Darth Luca showed up and uh, Slovenia avenges their bronze medal defeat uh, from the Olympics and gets the best of the boomers and now the boomers are gone. Um, Josh Giddy played his played his guts out, but I mean you need more than uh, than Josh Giddy, Gerald, especially when. Slovenia decides to play as a team, and uh, other than Luko, uh, their naturalized-born player, Mike Robbie from uh, Virginia, uh, also played a big factor tonight. And the, the other surprising event, Gerald, was Italy defeating Serbia. Uh, mm-hmm. They were down 16, as much as 16 points in the fourth quarter and came back and won. So the the that group is also do or die. Uh, the, the Ita- I believe the Italians play the uh, Puerto Ricans and the Dominicans play the uh, Serbs. And we're going to find out who uh, qualifies in that group. So a couple of really great games on Sunday. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I don't feel like that people have done that as much, especially with this international release. You can get it out there right now. I know you can get it out there, but it, it feels like this time last year, people have just been like, oh, you can get you the Here's cell phone copy, version you know? that was taped somewhere where it's like, you know, shell shaky has some dude or some family that's walking right in front of you as they're finding their seat with the popcorn already in hand. No, you know, come that, on, you, really? yeah, that version is already available. Yeah. But I mean like with a mono I, sound, there you go. Oh God. Yeah. That's, that's the worst part. You only get sound on the left ear, yeah. not the right ear. <laughs> Something like that. You can find that version already. If you really want it. That's the pop culture Cosmo show. And the PCC multiverse. Catch our shows on worldwide radio seven days a week. And wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is Magic Man Sean Grice and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. We're recapping the World Cup action, including what's going on with Canada and Brazil and so much more, including Team USA and Montenegro before we get into NBA talk and it's winning time 
on the verge of being canceled. We'll go ahead and discuss that on this show as well. But Sean, I want to ask you this. Uh, Team USA Montenegro, I said I watched the game to halftime where Team USA actually at the end of the first half really did an El Foldo act where they were leading a small lead and then they gave it all up and lo- were down by one down by as many as four or five in the in the third quarter before I just went out. I just said I couldn't have any more. Uh, but they did end up pulling away by 12 in what a, is going to be called a not-so-pretty victory. Anthony Edwards, who got a donut for the first half, uh, came back to lead the Team USA to victory. But to me, it's again, stop me if you've heard this before with this broken record, but Tyrese Halliburton and Austin Reeves chipping in with 12 and 10 or 10 and 12, respectively, uh, having good performances, playing some defense, getting some turnovers, providing the consistency that Team USA needs, I think was the real key to today's game. 100%, Gerald. And not only that, uh, Austin... Um, again, as we talked about earlier on in the season, Gerald, and we noticed it la- um, his rookie year as well towards the end, his processing is a lot quicker, and he's come to learn the, the FIBA game really well, really well. He was 9 of 11 from the free throw line, Gerald. So he's he's understanding the way the flow of the game is happening. He's also understanding the patterns of – you know, when to kick, when to drive. And like you said, that synergy him and Tyrese Halliburton have, it's it's very unique. It's very, I, I know Joe and uh, a lot of other, um, you know, intelligent uh, hoop heads have talked about there's really nobody on this USA team that you would put on the Olympic squad. Well, I, I definitely think you have to, you know, Anthony Edwards, Mikhail Bridges, Tyrese Halliburton, Austin Reeves, all four of them deserve camp invites and a, and a chance to make that team. I'll tell you what, though, it's going to be very interesting to see how this World Cup plays out. With what that in mind, uh, do you see even more upsets uh, that might include Team USA, or do you think Team USA got its biggest test today throughout the rest of the World Cup? That's hard to say. Lithuania is also undefeated, and they're their next opponent. Um, Lithuania, probably outside of uh, Canada and Serbia, probably are the best collection of of balance Mm -hmm. in FIBA outside of the United States. Jonas Valanciunas will have to have a a great game, I think, in order for Lithuania to win, Gerald. So... I, I think it's going to be incumbent upon Triple J and uh, Paolo Bancaro to help corral uh, Jonas, especially in the low posts, because that's where, you know, in FIBA, he loves to live. I, I think Lithuania could be their their biggest test so far, at least they should be, at least on paper. But it could also be a, a case where, yeah, I think the U.S. maybe uh, learned their lesson about uh, – not trying to uh, keep a team around and uh, get snake bitten in the fourth quarter, like uh, can- what happened to uh, Canada and uh, Spain today. I'll tell you what, my friend, though, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. 
And I'm just looking forward to seeing that if the USA can handle some adversity, there's been twice now where they've been down and they've been down by a decent amount to two different teams so far, and they've been able to pull it through. Will they be able to do it for a third time? And we're getting closer. We're getting closer to the knockout phase where it's no longer you could go ahead and have a bad performance, but you can still move on. It's getting to the point where Team USA cannot find themselves down too much more. No, not at all. Not at all. They can't. Um, you know, um, good for the USA and Lithuania. They both won their, their game, so they've both qualified uh, for the qualification round. Uh, it's just a question now of who finishes first. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, Gerald, you're right. It, it, I think that you need to have the mindset now that this is this is the knockout stage. Um, you know, a lot of teams are playing with that attitude today. That's why some of them won and have kept their, their berths alive, and a few of them bit the dust. But for the most part, it's really competitive now. These are the most competitive teams left in the tournament. There's really only two teams that have, have faced uh, little resistance so far, and that's Slovenia and Germany. But that I, I think that's, uh, that's going to be tested coming up here. Uh, but yes, the USA needs to uh, start playing their very best because uh, there are some teams in this tournament that are, are very dangerous. Once again, it is the Magic Man, Sean Grice, and me, Gerald Glassman. Thanks so much for watching and listening. We truly appreciate it. It is World Cup basketball. It is something that obviously we have to go ahead and pay attention to, and we will continue to do so on this show. We truly appreciate the feedback, plus also as well the fact that Austin Reeves, (laughs) he is, I think he's reached superhero status in the Philippines because I see more social media just like blowing up when it concerns the type of fanfare and the type of interest levels he's getting in the Philippines. Your thoughts on the rock star status for Austin Reeves. I loved it the other day when, you know, the, I forget what shoe brand he is with now. It's it, you know, whatever smaller, lesser known shoe brand he was with, they were doing their own fashion show and the, uh, the, the hosts were like all over the place, getting the crowd going and the crowd was going crazy. And he's sitting there with his hands in his pockets like AEW wrestler Orange Cassidy. I'm going like, get your hands out of your pockets, Austin. At least act like you care. You're selling a shoe, man. So Yeah, the, the sniper. That's that's his that's his shoe. Okay, well, you know, act like you want it to be sniped as far as the retail stores, my friend. Please. You know, but he's sitting there with his hands in his pockets, and it's just I'm like Come on, man! You know, goodness, yeah, no, no, he's it, God over there right now. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. It's like it, it almost was a a scene out of uh, I don't know a Paul Rudd or a screaming Will, for Phil, him. Will Ferrell movie where you know the 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 American tourist who's just surrounded by so much energy and effervescence and 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 frivolity jail just standing there with their pockets like, yep. Nice to be just, here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Say more than five words, brother. Come on. Like, exactly. I'm sure. I'm sure. And he's described it, Gerald. Him. It's it's all the way he described it. It's all happening to him at once. And I think yeah. at, at times I think that that would be overwhelming for any one of us. And, and that's uh, what I'm worried about: is it being overwhelming for him? So 
Yeah, me too. Me too. He seems like he's he's level headed about it, but you're right. Like at some point that um that kind of obsessive fandom, you know, if a little even if a little bit of it kind of seeps into your consciousness that that can kind of change you as an individual and I would hate to see that cuz uh you know, he comes across as just a genuine uh, good kid who uh, wants to be a great basketball player. So I hope that that doesn't change his outlook. I hope it doesn't either, but I'm wishing him success. And he's continually provided big numbers at the best moments, at the best of times, both him and Tyrese Halliburton consistently. They did get a boost, like you, like I said, uh, 17 points, I believe, in the second half from Anthony Edwards. But still, they've been the consistent They've been the rock steady two duo that's actually been the been the reason why I think Team USA is still undefeated today. I agree. I agree. Anthony Edwards did have 17 points on 16 shots. But that's I, the second half. He was over yeah, five, uh, just to tell you at the at yeah. the half. So okay, there you go. Uh Austin Reeves, steady hand, uh two shot attempts, made his three and was nine of eleven from the uh, free throw line. Uh, also played a steady hand defensively, Gerald, again, usually grabbing two or three steals. And it, just another stat line for Ruiz, 12-3-5-6-12-4-2-9-6-12-8-7. Like, he's just 25 minutes. He's giving you everything he's got in the gas tank. And I think Halliburton feeds off that as well. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I just uh, – I'm not sure if you've – uh, read the recent uh, edition of Slam Magazine, Gerald, but there's a great article written about uh, Tyrese Halliburton in there. And he just, he's just a basketball player. He is uh, a sponge when it comes to the sport. So um, I'm sure him and Austin Reeves have become fast friends, not only because of their success on the court, but the way they both approach the game. I'll tell you what, though, the last question I have for you on the World Cup. And we'll go ahead again, uh, recap everything that's going on as far as the major games for Team USA going forward right here on the show, Team Canada as well. So I wanted to ask you this, my friend, you know, next year when it comes to Paris Olympics, they're going to bring in the, you know, the heavyweights, the the Durants, the LeBrons, if they decide to go ahead and play, et cetera, et cetera. Is there a possibility Halliburton and Reeves could find themselves on Team USA next year. Anthony Edwards, I believe, would probably still be on that team next year. I have a feeling Halliburton and Reeves are playing themselves and playing their way on the roster for Team USA next year in Paris. Yeah, Gerald, I agree 100%. I I think uh, they've definitely um, found a way for that program to uh, veer in another direction and look at these guys as possible cornerstones for USA basketball for the next uh, maybe eight to 10 years. Because the synergy they have together, um, you don't want to put too much um, on it. But a lot of people kind of under look, understate the fact that the two best players on the under USA basketball team in the late seventies, Gerald was mad uh, magic and bird off the bench. Um, you know, the stories of those two, the team USA starters would be down 10 or 12 
they would in, insert Magic and Austin Reeves, and then all of a sudden, when the starters went back in, the USA would be up ten or fifteen. Uh, it seems it seems that way with Team USA with uh, Austin and Halliburton. Both him and Reese uh, find a way to either extend the the starters' lead from about seven to nine to fifteen to seventeen, or they get you. You may be down. Uh, maybe giving up a big run 13-3 or 13-4 those guys come in man you get a 12-2 run right off the bat so i think uh their synergy and their just overall approach to the game gerald as well as well as both of them representing themselves well for the united states as well both very humble young men and um you know they're they're two guys you can uh put in your program uh, understand the hard work they put in and uh, be happy with the development because they represent your country well. Once again, it's Magic Man Sean Grice and me, Gerald Glassman. Thanks so much for watching and listening. If you have any questions, thoughts, or comments on Team USA or anything going on in the World Cup, as far as the Team Canada's surprising loss, Brazil, uh, Lithuania, uh, Slovenia, Anything that's going on with some of the great teams that are over in the World Cup, please let us know your thoughts. Lakers Fast Break on social media, Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. And of course, right here in the comments section on YouTube. But I'm going to ask you now, my friend, as we turn our attention over to the NBA, uh, an individual who we assumed, uh, or as far as that's concerned, probably is a Big Celtics fan at, at large in Eric Lewis, referee Eric Lewis, who announced his retirement, whether or not it was coordinated and coerced by the league in regards to the things he's done nefariously through a burner account on Twitter as far as arguing and defending the refs online when he's not even supposed to have a social media account in order to do so. Uh, his actions, uh, I guess, must have warranted his early retirement. Although Eric Lewis was part of the referee contingent who refereed that that very uh, controversial game for the Lakers and Celtics earlier this year where the Lakers uh, and LeBron James put up that last shot and you could see where he got hacked by Jason Tatum, plain as day, yet they didn't call it. And of course, Eric Lewis was the ref that Patrick Beverly showed the camera to. Uh, in as far as trying to mock the, the poor decision-making and the poor eyesight of the refs and got uh, thrown out for it. Your thoughts on this? Of course, Eric Lewis's uh, family and fan base has been shown out to be Celtics fans, which uh, I think obviously uh, points out a, a flaw when you're going ahead and, and having the NBA have him ref a game against the Celtics and the Lakers. Your thoughts on Eric Lewis retiring instead of being fired or being forced to, to quit, retiring from the NBA as a ref. You know what, Goodbye Gerald, good riddance, maybe? Yeah, I, I, that Green Day song is just humming through my head right now thinking uh, of Eric Lewis. Well, there Lewis. was one podcast I just that it kind of irritated me that said, oh, he's such a great ref. In fact, I think it was the Hoop Collective that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that, that was complimenting him on his referee work and saying he was such an outstanding ref. If you're such an outstanding ref, make the call when LeBron gets fouled right in front of the rim. 
Right in, yeah, Gerald, right in front of you. It's clear as day. If I could see it live while I'm watching it from 3,000 miles away or whatever, how could he have not seen it? How could all three of those refs have missed it? Absolutely yes. incredible. Yes. And, uh, and he's was... a good ref? No, he's not a good ref. He is not a good ref. That That is protection. And and Gerald is correct. I, I heard that as well. Uh, to be fair, Brian Winhorst, Tim McMahon, Tim Pontemps, they're all very corporate. They work for ESPN. They have to play nice with these guys. They don't want to upset the apple cart. Completely understand the, uh, uh, the shall we say, Gerald, intelligent naivete. Like, I think those guys are smart enough to know that officiating uh, over the landscape of the NBA was a you serious say he was just problem. A bad referee. Yes. Okay. Just be honest about it. He's or terrible. A biased referee. A he biased terrible. referee. But then He's again, ter- it's not just him. He was one third of that problem. He was one third three, of that problem. There were three refs that and blew the, that call. And, and really the league o- said it. And Jason Tatum said it too that they all blew that call. Yes. When the Jason- opponent says that, that irritates me. Yes, and he was laughing about it, as I recall. Yes. He he yes. had a like a big smirk on no, his face. But like no, it's cat- when he got fouled and they missed a call. Like what? It was a month or two later. Two later, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. when that's, that's, when, that's the when the outcry he, happened. Yeah, that's oh, when he my admitted. Yeah. That's when he admitted he fouled LeBron. That's right. That's right. And you know what, Gerald? Um, you know, only one player suffered uh, the repercussions of you know representing not only themselves but the fans and that was fred van fleet when he called out ben taylor publicly Mm -hmm. um he liked obviously he drew the ire of every official in the league gerald um but somebody needed to put their foot down and speak up and say something because it was just a systemic problem throughout the whole year and like you said you illustrated uh, the biggest problem that this league has with officiating and it is also the most correctable. And that is, if you didn't see it, don't call it a second later. Don't do that. If you didn't see the foul happen, let it go. But don't play this game where you see it on one end and don't see it on the other. I'm getting really tired of this, Gerald. You know, you've got a baseline official right there, right there. And somebody else has to make the call. That that should not be the case. That should not be happening because they're all in a position where they can get the call right, but they just played this game where they're where it's you know the rule book is black and white, and there are shades of we know there are shades of gray. We know that because we've seen it, and this feels like vindication. It really does for all of us that. He retires. He walks out now with his pension, Gerald, unaffected because an investigation just goes into a filing cabinet now. Um, I'm, I'm a little, you know, and again, this is this is par for the course, unfortunately. I mean, we've all seen it before in other in other fields. A guy uh, gets into a, a little bit of a, a snafu or an issue, or it, it, it could it could open up a can of worms. And so, you know what? Just retire. 
you, you got a choice. You can, you can take the retirement now, or we have to go forward with the investigation and reveal all the dirty laundry. So what's it going to be? Obviously, Eric Lewis just did not want to deal with the dirt, Gerald. Once again, it is Magic Man, Sean Grice, and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. As we discuss what's going on around the NBA, goodbye, Eric Lewis. And for Sacramento, say hello to JaVale McGee as he was waived by Dallas Mavericks, by the Dallas Mavericks earlier this week. And uh, we discussed a proposal on whether or not we wanted him to come to the Lakers. We discussed that actually a week ago uh, on a show that we discussed in detail. We said our thoughts then, but also the actual waiving of him was officially made earlier this week. And once he cleared waivers, it looked like the early leader in the clubhouse was the Sacramento Kings. And indeed it was as the Sacramento Kings did sign JaVale McGee to a contract so we are still in the search, supposedly, for another big man, which we actually do need. Your thoughts on this, my friend? I'm glad JaVale McGee is finding another home. I do think it's getting near the end of the road for him. I do not think he would have been a great fit again with the Lakers this time around. I don't think it would have worked in the same way as it did in 2020. I know there was a lot of fan base that maybe are not as uh, maybe up on everything when it comes to the Lakers that really wanted to get him on the team. I'm saying at this point, you know, the beyond bows, the beyond nose, the Gabriels, the Tristan Thompson's, the JaVale McGee's, all these guys that are either washed or not talented enough. We should not be tempted to just put another body on the roster at this point in time. Yeah, no, we shouldn't Gerald. Um, and, you know, um, it's confounding, you know, befuddling a little bit that some of these long-in-the-tooth big men like JaVale McGee and uh, DeAndre Jordan, they just seem to be recycling these one-year contracts, Gerald. It's just they keep coming back. And NBA teams uh, obviously warrant either their uh, professionalism or, or their – they're just camaraderie and their their overall attitude, demeanor in the locker room, because I mean, make it make sense. Uh, you know, uh, Boban is uh, the same age as Javale McGee. Yet can't find a job. Yeah. And um, Boban is more skilled than Javale McGee is offensively, and uh, he's not as stiff defensively. He's not great either. He's not stiff, but yeah, make it make sense. But Gerald's right. We shouldn't also be looking at long on the tooth big man just to get a long on the tooth big man, uh, a Biombo, a Blake Griffin. No, no, just no, absolutely I, I, no. It, th- there's no point. Um, it it doesn't serve a doesn't serve a purpose. You know, the the ends don't justify the means at all because at the end of the day, no matter if if it halfway works out you're still gonna have the same problem you're not you're gonna have a wasted roster spot perhaps in a crucial situation that you needed to address right then and there and you can't so i'm with you 100 percent drilled if you're long in the tooth not for the lakers right now especially a big man exactly so I, i just don't think we need to rush into this at this point if christian wood 
as Jamie Sweet was remarking, I asked, what did, uh, what are you, Tom, going to talk about? And he was talking about, you know, world politics, maybe some, you know, some issues overseas. But, you know, Laker Tom will turn around and make the conversation about Christian Wood. And I said, that's, yeah, that's probably true. So you guys just might want to talk about Christian Wood. But they said they'll talk about the World Cup as well. But when it comes to Christian Wood, if he's obviously not going to take the deal, don't rush into something else. Don't make a bad choice and fill up a roster spot for someone that is probably not going to give you a great contribution out there. So that's my 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 assertion. My, my suggestion is keep doing what you're doing. Uh, Rob Palenka, I think at this point, I'm going to give him some some props. I think he's playing it smart. He's waiting to see what falls through the cracks and maybe that the Lakers could go ahead and get as far as someone a little bit more talented. Someone that might have a better future. Someone that might actually stand a chance of playing consistent minutes here, Sean, in the NBA. Yeah, Gerald. Um, it's true. We, we've, we've had a, a couple of uh, analysts now who've remarked, you know, they also uh, do not understand why Christian Wood hasn't been signed by an NBA team. And, you know, uh, different strokes for different folks. But, I, I, you know, I, I think most of us see Occam's razor. The, the simplest explanation is usually the correct one. You always go with that. Keep it simple, stupid. He's he's hasn't been able to get a foothold in any organization, Gerald, that wants to invest in him long term. And he's been given one, two, three, four, five, six opportunities. And uh, nobody's nobody's really bet on him long term. I mean, he's been he's been uh, given long-term contracts, uh, long-term meaning at the most three years, but he's never actually stayed more than two with any organization. Um, so I think it's pretty clear that, you know, unless you, unless you think that what he delivers offensively is worth the perhaps okay. and flaws, okay. flaws, you know, maybe you take a chance on him, but, there's just, I think a team today has too many options available for them to try and fill that position without all the headaches. Once again, it is Magic Man, Sean Grice, and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. So, again, we play this dance with the 14th spot on the roster. I still think, again, waiting it out is the key. I know a lot of our Lakers fan base out there is just rushing to make the first available signing. And I just think at this point, they just need to go ahead and let things play itself out. Worst comes to worst. You pop in one of the two way players in there and there you go. Castleton or Demoy Hodge. I think both are, are capable at some point in time to progressing to possibly even being rotational players in this league. Your thoughts on my assessment of that. And also the fact that I think just waiting it out right now is probably the best way to go. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Waiting it out is the best way to go. Um, there's, there's Adam, no rush. Adam, if Wood does not, if Wood does not want to sign, uh, you don't want to force it. There's just at this point in time, if he's not wanting to be signed for the minimum, and rather do something else, go to Europe, overseas, or do something where he thinks he's going to make more money, just say God bless you, man. Have a good one. If not, you know where we're at. You know our phone number.
Yeah, Gerald, because training camp opens in a, in uh, a month tomorrow. So uh, we're four weeks. We're four weeks away. That's, you know, we're, we're getting down to the nitty gritty here. And as you know, Gerald, the EuroLeague starts uh, a little bit after the uh, the NBA season. So starts. So, you know, if Christian Wood hasn't found a dance partner on his uh, card, in about a month, maybe six weeks at the most, he may be looking at uh, not being playing basketball this year because it could be you're playing musical chairs and there's no there's no chair for you at the end of the night. Yeah, and we'll see what happens with with Christian Wood again. I know he's a very big topic. I know like 500 podcasts have been named after him as far as in Laker podcast lore. I know everybody seems to be anticipating whether or not he will finally take the offer from the Lakers. That's open to him, but we'll see what's going on. But also here today, good man indeed. You see the choppers right there for you. He is the man on the picture we have for JPEG. If you get a chance to take a look at that, good man indeed. He is, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so eerie. Uh, that's, that's, that's why he does it. That's why he does it. I know, I'm getting chills as we speak. It is the man from... Simblades, Simblades with the Y.com at Oxide T47 at LakersBall.com. It is Joe Sorrow and Joe, glad to have you here. You heard JaVale McGee earlier this week. Uh, he was waived and it was recently signed yesterday with the Sacramento Kings. I think that it is a good move because of the fact that you avoid getting someone at the tail end of his career, the very tail end of his career, who may not be able to help the Lakers like he once did. I think that waiting it out is the best way to go right now. We're still talking about JaVel McGee. Unfortunately, JaVel yeah. McGee. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm happy that he's signed with Sacramento. I know his mother was drafted by, I believe, the Sacramento Monarchs. So I'm sure that they've got some some connections there still. I wish him the best. And wished him not to come here. I, I, I don't want him to be in LA. I think the Lakers need uh, someone that's uh, more of, you know, uh, able to do what, what, what the, the starting position needs with AD at the four. Uh, th- this is a discussion we've had for months now. We, we have to have a center who can shoot, hopefully play a little defense, at least some good team defense and spell Anthony Davis. And that hasn't changed and won't change until playoff time there you go uh but i'm glad the fact that he's left that that door open for something to happen i just think it's the best way to play out because we're seeing like harry giles signed did he sign uh with brooklyn or uh, who do you sign with harry giles the third john because he signed today uh, I, I think I'm gonna it go was ahead. the nets girl. i think yeah. it was the nets okay so uh, Adam says he'd love to see Castleton on the roster. I think I said Castleton will one day try to, uh, I think he will be a, a a player on the roster in the rotation for someone's rotation. I don't think he's ready yet, Adam. He is just too, not. he's not disciplined yet. He is too foul prone. He will not stay in consistent minutes at this point in time. So he needs to develop that at the G league level first. I think he needs a good year in the G league before he really can go ahead and prosper. 
Joe, Sean, do you agree with my assessment on that? That I think he just needs some seasoning. He worse as worse comes to worse, you could go ahead and throw him in there, be in the fourteenth so, spot. But I think he just needs time to develop his game a little bit more. I agree. I agree, Joe. To me, he reminds me uh, a lot of um, a more well-rounded, offensive-minded Kelly Olynyk. But Kelly Olynyk is also foul-prone defensively as well. So Castleton really needs to work on that. If he works on that, if he, you know, eventually if he only averages, you know, about maybe three fouls every, you know, 21, 22 minutes, Gerald, instead of one every, like, three or four that he was averaging in the uh, in the summer league, I think it portends to good things for him. But you're right. He just, he needs, he needs more seasoning. He needs more playing time. Uh, he's he's not it's not purposeful for him in his development to just sit on the bench and watch. He needs to be in the in South Bay playing these reps. That's what he needs. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Joe, do you think he's ready to step up to the big time as a rotation player? I didn't think so. You've said at Summer League that you liked some of the things that he brought, but you think that there's more work yet to be done. Yeah, he's probably a year away from being a good backup center. Could be a starting center in a few years if he develops like Austin Reeves. Uh, Even Alex Caruso, uh, you know, took him really like three years to get to where he was a formidable player in the NBA. And I use those two guys as an example because they're two undrafted players that shot way over what they were supposed to be mm-hmm. and it's it's quite amazing if if you're if you're going to tell me that the the lakers are going to get another player that could be a legitimate starter in the next two to three years let's say that was undrafted there's something going on here with the the ability to develop and to find these gems out of nowhere and i think it's only going to enhance the future even more because when you 
hopefully have uh, the opportunity to go after the next big star, which is what the Lakers do. Lakers are not going to – Lakers tried to tank uh, for, for five years, try to play the that role, and it wasn't successful. And, and it, it reaped nothing in the end other than creating uh, tools that allowed us to get what eventually we were supposed – what we eventually had to get, which was uh, another star here in L.A. And But these pieces, what I call the Kurt Rambis pieces, are, go, are, are integral – parts in playing around stars that want to do what they do, can do what they do, and then guys like uh, Caruso and Reeves and Castleton, hopefully in the future, playing a role that they understand is, 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 is an important role, but that's it. And that's the key here. That's the key. With, that's what you want to develop here. In the meantime, the Lakers uh, have a worst-case scenario set up already. We would have to go with Anthony Davis at the center position should they not find the correct center but I don't think that's going to happen I think at some point something's going to fall our way and I believe the Lakers are going to take advantage of it and they do have the time and the patience to do so which is uh which is a really good position to be in at the moment again and it's it worse comes to worse if something doesn't happen uh if something doesn't happen Sean as you're pouring the the what is it you're drinking man uh, well, I'm going to be, I'm gonna have a few of those. I might have a few of those tonight. Uh, tonight is a special night. Uh, for those of you wondering why I'm in my truck, uh, I am currently parked at Dodger Stadium. Uh, a couple days ago, I uh, decided, you know, this is kind of what I do typically. Uh, I don't buy tickets months in advance. Uh, that tends to be a bad decision financial wise. Uh, so I usually wait. A couple days, maybe three days before the game uh, starts, and I'm able to get prices and seats that are usually pretty, pretty uh, uh, formal. Are you in the bleachers? Anyways. No, no. I will take pictures and and send them out to you so you can see. Okay. I don't uh, I don't sit in nosebleeds. Uh, I don't sit in second second tier uh, areas unless I'm invited and friends who are all broke want me to go hang out. Uh, yes, I know I can sound like an a-hole when I say things like that, but I'm, yes. I'm 45 years old. I'm 45 years old. I, I watch games where human beings supposed Yay, to be right there where the subscriber. game is. So I'm quite close to the uh, to home plate. You'll be able to see, uh, likely probably see me in certain aspects on TV if should you watch. Uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm being uh, <laughs> sounding like an elitist with that comment but ultimately is 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 i i don't have time to go and wonder what's going on on the field anymore guys i've done enough leg work in my life to pay a little extra to watch the damn game the way i want to watch it um i well, usually the only go thing by I myself say is i like either behind home plate or in the bleachers because i like the feeling of catching home run i'm still waiting to do I that give but a, i don't give it i don't i don't give a crap i, I, I like I need that. to watch the game I need to watch the damn game. I don't have time to wait for a ball that's never going to come to me. Plus, the bleachers are I, fun because the fans around there and the bleachers are yeah, all it was drunk fun by when the you third, were, it third was, inning. Yeah, it was fun when you were 12. I'm 40, Like I said, I'm 45. I'm here to watch a baseball game. I'm not there for... for, for you do for sound like an baseball. elitist. But then again, you're a narcissist. Yeah, I'm I'm trying, I'm you're a self-proclaimed narcissist. I will, I, will, I will say this, though. I've, I've had a couple of uh, guys I know who've been to uh, Chavez Ravine 
and they say that getting out of that ballpark is worse than the worst dive bar you have ever been. Absolutely, yes. And don't wear an Can- opposing team's jersey park. when you're in the parking lot. Candlestick Park, before they tore that monstrosity down, was the worst stadium in the history of stadiums. The Oakland Raiders used to get a bad rep for being the Raiders. I actually, I actually know that Candlestick Park had the worst fans, the worst stadium, the worst crap hole, the worst neighborhood, and the worst parking you could have. And anytime you'd go there in July, you'd go there in shorts and t-shirt, and you'd be freezing when you got there. I'm talking mid-July, end of July. Used to go to a lot of giant Dodger games back when I was growing up uh, in uh, Turlock, California. Took us about an hour and a half to get the candlestick. And uh, other than the game being great, everything else was trash. San Francisco has never gotten better since. It's gotten worse. Uh, they can keep it. Uh, and uh, but with 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 Dodger Stadium, it's not as bad as they say it is. I actually can get out pretty quick. Um, but you're it, wearing it the is, do- you're you're either you're it either is, no it is I'm you're either neutral or you're wearing Dodger colors, right, Joe? It is it is, Sean. Don't listen to him. <laughs> okay, so fair enough. I that's what well, I meant. First if of you're... all, first of all, I go to Chavez Ravine at least two or three times a year. So what do you mean I don't know? What do well, you mean you're he saying know? you're saying it's not so bad. I have been there and it's been it's bad. It's not. It's not. When you know especially what the hell you're if you're doing, wearing another team's jersey. Especially if you're wearing. Well, team. it's. I'm sure it's not like not like the old uh, FedEx field in Washington where you're wearing another jersey and someone stabs you in the bathroom. Uh, I no, haven't heard it's that. I haven't heard they, it's that bad. So have you just seen the, the video? They do beat you up in in the Chavez Ravine parking lot. I've they seen. Do. I've seen. Yeah, I've well, seen. If you if if you if you mouth off. If you like to mouth off and have. Yeah, that's another thing. Time. What do you do with your windows rolled down? Uh, getting out of oh an opposing God. team's parking lot. No, 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 no. You yeah. don't do that either. Try leaving in a try leaving in a in a convertible with the uh, with everything down. Yeah, no, my friend, I, my friend did that, and yeah, he's wearing a Braves jersey, and I said, "You get you're the stupidest mf'er." Yeah, uh, he is stupid. That, and, that is and, stupid. And he, yeah, believe me, that we paid stupid. the price. We had stuff thrown wore, at us, like left and I right. Yeah. I wore a Steeler I wore a Steeler gear. You wore a Braves a jersey. Game. And he sat in the middle of the uh, the bleachers, too. Yeah, he got hit with so much food during the course of the game and after the game. Felt like a cafeteria. So, there you go. But he asked for it. So, there you go. I'm just saying. So, if you're asking for it, then you you, you reap the, 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 the rewards of that. You go to a game to watch the game. I've gone. I've been to Oakland uh, Coliseum twice. I've been to L.A. when the Raiders were in L.A. We we were fine. Uh, I was fine. I actually made friends with Raider fans. You go there to watch the game. I know my parents might help a little, and I know that does play a factor in it. I usually stare straight ahead of where I go. I don't go around doing stupid. <laughs> excuse my language, but that's that's the truth. Uh, 55, and, 50, 55, 70, yeah, 55, and. Uh, and but I and I also do cheer, you know. But it's not a yeah, God, yeah, yeah. No, I don't do that. I'll I'll I might cheer obnoxiously at home, uh, just to bother people around me. But that's the extent of it. Uh, maybe it's because nice. I'm invested in the game. I'm not there to make friends. I'm not there to uh, antagonize anybody. I just want my team to win. 
Once again, it is the Lake break. Truly appreciate you joining us right here. It is Joe Soro, aka Ox1947, live in the Dodger Stadium parking lot at Chavez Ravine, along with Magic Man Sean Grice from Toronto. Thank you so much for watching, and listening. Uh, I will tell you that uh, it is going to be a, a great weekend for Lakers fans out there because we have the Lakerholics coming back this weekend to go ahead and talk about Team USA. Most likely, Laker Tom will be fixated on Christian Wood again and so much more. So go ahead and check it out. 10.15-ish tomorrow is what they're looking at. So go ahead and enjoy that. Sean and I will be back sometime this weekend as well to, to recap more World Cup action. Team USA will be playing here soon. So we'll go ahead and recap that as well. Team Canada. Uh, Joe, I'm sure, is is rejoicing in the fact that Team Canada fit the dust today against Brazil. Uh, you know, you were talking all that smack on Team Canada. Uh, and they, with all the, the NBA players, they just didn't find the mix against Brazil today, my friend. No, it's poetic, but I didn't want to dog on Sean's country. Uh, I don't really actually have. A, I, I don't really have a problem. Actually, I'll be honest. I don't really have a problem with Canada. I've been to Canada. It's just America. No, but but with, you were pet. You were you were really harsh on them when it was concerns the subject of players, maybe not being from Canada well, I, I, or not being know from the country. And... I, I wasn't. I wasn't present for that. So to me, that never. That never okay, happened. Okay, so sir. so so getting to that, and I know I yeah, Joe, 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 Joe. I, I don't know what Joe's talking about. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, but I do know this: uh, when you're an American, you're supposed to be an American. Mm-hmm. So red, white, and blue. You can get your you can get your panties in a in a wad all you want. You can sit there and call people ignorant when you're sitting there looking and going. Don't you live in New York? Don't weren't you born in Charlotte? And then all of a sudden, you just decided you're South African. All of a sudden, yeah, I'm not buying your BS. Sorry, I don't care when you're wrong. You know, if it's an opinion, no one's really wrong with an opinion. You know, like is Canada better than America? I could sit here and you can sit here and argue that all day, right? Like it doesn't matter who's better. What if somebody came and said, hey, Allen Iverson is the greatest basketball player ever? No, he's not. No, he is. Okay, well, that's an opinion. This is not an opinion. Most of these clowns are not Canadian, okay? They're freaking Americans. And I'm not just picking on Canada. I'm picking on the other countries as well. And that was only the that was the only beef I had. I didn't wish for them to lose. I really don't care. All I care about is the United States winning because I'm an American. And I want America to win. That's how it works. And if you don't like that, then you should sit home. Now, there are some uh, Women's World Cup had had some different views on that. And you saw how that worked out. And yes, that comes from also not wearing the, the you know, wearing the flag with some pride. I think everybody thinks uh, they're part of this some club that where you got to be against things, you know. And I'm just not, I don't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stay quiet on that. I'm going to be pretty vocal about it. Be, be, be real folks. Be real. I'm going to be real for you, for anybody. Doesn't matter who it is. If it bothers you, doesn't matter, but it's going to be real. Reason why I have a stress free life is I don't have to lie. I have to lie about BS. And when you don't lie, you don't have 
when you lie, you also get cut out you from Dodger Stadium. No, no, my I got a call. Sorry. Uh, yeah, you don't have to worry about, you know, again, lie after lie. That's what happens when you lie. So I'm telling you the truth uh, when it comes to this nationalization stuff that's going on with, with FIBA. And it looks like we already had a, uh, uh, an article about one of the coaches, was it, that, that was yes. complaining about it? So well, yeah. yes. Why, I don't know this coach. I didn't talk to this coach. I'm not. I'm not Brian Windhorst that's going that has a, a huge forum on ESPN to talk about this. I'm some schmuck. I, I get much. it. I, I understand it. But uh, Sean, when it comes to Team Canada, how many were uh, the individual players on Team Canada were born in Canada? To give you everybody at the concert, uh, an idea. Uh, all of them, Gerald. So all, all of them. them were born in Canada. Yes. 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 I mean, they're it, all, they, a lot of them, the majority of them ply their trade outside of Canada, Joe. That's yeah, not, yeah. that's not and, you know, and, unfair for them but, because they're in the NBA. But it, where, it's, it's, where was, where was Steve Kerr born? Beirut? Was he born in the Nash? NBA? You mean Nash? He's born in the, he was, he was born in American embassy. So that doesn't count. I'm sorry. So Steve, Steve Kerr, no, Steve Kerr. Steve yeah. Kerr he was, was born, born in, in Lebanon, right? somewhere in Lebanon, Lebanon, right? Yeah. yeah, Lebanon. Yeah. But okay. again, it was but an embassy. Was, but he was an yeah. embassy. So that's and, that. Okay. And I wanted to bring that up. That's different. Okay. His dad worked at the, you know, as a consulate. As a consulate. Well, is, is that what and, was? And, and Joe will remember that Kyrie tried to pull that crap too because he was born in Melbourne. So he tried to play that crap where he was going to either play for Australia or America. And never follow through on it. So, so there's a difference. There's a difference there. Again, his dad works at the U.S. Embassy. That's American soil. That's that's that one makes sense, right? But if you're telling me Dylan Brooks is born well, in Canada, well, you can but... you can you can wrap yourself up in a pretzel and make it make sense. Sure, sure you can. <laughs> and I think I think it's I think the, the Dylan story, Brooks was this... born, but but Joe Dylan Brooks was born in Canada. I just Mississauga, yeah, Mississauga, Th- yeah. This 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 story is. Uh, did he live in Canada or is he just born there? No, he after after like a, I was telling Joe on uh, on playback. Um, a, there have been a handful of players who who decided against playing. Uh, most of their high school in Canada, uh, Shea Gilchus, Alexander, Shaden Sharp, and Dylan Brooks, they all decided to go to Florida. The IMG Academy, right? Yes, the likely. Academy, yeah. 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 So Joe's that's correct. Not their, that's not their fault, I, I, Joe. Okay. It's a, it's a, it, you can, you can rewire this however you want, but it's a discussion that, is is kind of a never-ending discussion. Yeah, and I get uh, you around. I agree with that. We'll, we'll we'll go we'll go to the drastic parts. I'm still trying to figure out how the hell Kyle Anderson is Chinese. This, <laughs> yeah. That one that one you can't argue against. I'll 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 roll with I'll roll with guys born in the country, lived there for three minutes, and then spent ninety nine percent of their lives in another country. I'll buy I'll I'll give that one to you, and I'll give that one to you because it's Canada, and Canada might as well be America anyways. So. <laughs> But yeah, but the the other ones, the other ones, uh, yeah, uh, it's again, it, it like comes the Dominican. To... You're talking about like the Dominican Republic. I didn't think this Carl discussion Towns. would last. I didn't think this discussion would last as long as it has. Mm-hmm. I really don't care. Uh, uh, it doesn't. Re- it doesn't uh, 
run my brain and my thoughts all day. I just no, but you got an another, opinion about it. I have an opinion on no. I, I, I it's more than yeah. an opinion. It's 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 a it's a it's a rave review on the consistency of fantasy world that we live in. The rage it's review, not the rave BS. review, Joe. It's the rage review. It, it, it's just it, it's a it's a it's an imaginary thing. It's it's just it's it's not real. These people manifest these things because they feel like it's real or the manipulating things. And this is everybody says, ah, it's not a big deal here. And then after a while, it's everything is not a big deal, not a big deal, not a big deal. Next thing you know, people it's want an to avalanche. People want to go turn into a dog. They're they're literally dressed as a dog because they want to be a dog, right? And we're sitting there allowing it uh, because well. He wants to be a dog, and it's okay, I guess, whatever. And then all of a sudden, then somebody's going to want to be a dog that marries a dog. It's a never-ending process <laughs> here. So I, I think we took a small little thing, and we turned it into something that I think is already kind of plaguing our, our, our the idiocracy of our freaking society. And, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not going to – I'm not going to – I'm going to say something about it because I'm tired of fake – I'm tired of fakes. I'm tired of the fugazis. I'm tired of everything that just – blatant lie and delusion just delusion everywhere get out of them get out of this delusion wake up wake the f up stop living in a video game stop living in fantasy land real world is different you actually have to get up and do crap can't sit there with your hand in your pockets yeah like uh, things to just fall on you yeah like paul westhead was in uh the latest episode of winning time which uh, leads us to our last part of our conversation. And once again, it is Joe Soro. He of Ox1947, LAKRISPOLIPIC.com. Also, go ahead and check him out today at Symblades, SimbladesWithAY.com, along with our good friend as well, Magic Man Chong Rice, the defender of Team Canada on today's show. But before we head on out, it is winning time. I, 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 I greased them up pretty good because they played yes. like crap fourth quarter Gerald. that's that's true but uh i still think team canada when you can roll out nine nba players is someone it's a team that you cannot go ahead and underestimate but before we head on out it is winning time uh we've discussed as far as the concerns that we have in regards to the show staying on the air uh this season i think it's a little bit better season it's not it's not as wild and out there some of the characterizations are not as as abundantly out there as they were last season with jerry west and Paul Westhead primarily, that's what I took issue with. But this year, it's more a little bit rain back in. I thought Jason Siegel, knowing that this is probably going to be his last season uh, because of his character, you know, being moved on uh, at some point in time in the not too distant future because of the problems that he's currently having this season, his character and Magic Johnson's character, that dynamic you're seeing, plus also the dynamic as far as the family. Uh, and how they're interacting with each other as the bus family is concerned behind the scenes. And of course, what we're seeing as far as the rise of the Boston Celtics and Larry Bird and Red Auerbach. This season's been a pretty good season. I think a little bit more consistent for me. And I think that this show deserves a lot more respect and hopefully viewers out there and it will continue. I know Joe has discussed in recent days about winning time, maybe finding a new home. I don't want to say the writing's on the wall, Sean and Joe, I will start with you, Joe. It is something that I think that if you and I being a part of the, the show business at various times in our lives, we understand that the writing may be on the wall. I have a feeling that, you know, as far as HBO slash Max slash whatever you want to call it, time, 
time Warner, Warner Brothers, wants to go ahead and, and decide and as far as cutting back on streaming shows, I think that winning time might be on that list. Well, you know my view on, on streaming. It's not very good. I think they've outstreamed themselves. I'm not talking just about HBO or Time Warner or Warner Brothers. I think just the industry saturated the stream BS to the point where you, you don't, you know, when you're trying to make a movie or a TV show, you need a certain structure that will bring in money. And all this stuff going on in Hollywood about the industry not wanting to pay the actors and using the AI as a, as a, as a crutch, it's not about that, guys. It's, it's the industry doesn't have money. You think they do, right? Because Bob Iger's making $40 million. Yeah, he's the CEO. He's the CEO. He's the one that touches everything for Disney, right? I'm not, and for me, blaming Bob Iger for making 40, 20 million, whatever it is, is like blaming uh, NBA players for making $50 million a year. The market dictates that, that the, the shareholders dictate that. That's not, that's not something, that's the brainless delusional fantasy land that a lot of people live in they don't understand simple economics and if you don't understand simple economics you're not going to do very well in negotiating economics the actors are not getting the deal that they want because they are forced not to make the deal that they want so you have two options there either you create a market that's going to bring that money for you or you're going to have to deal with the fact that they're going to pay a certain amount of money and sitting there begging and crying and whining about it. This is a performance-based business. The acting, the the uh, directing, like there's there it, there is no. Well, we need something more fair. Well, the fair is 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 the whole system's jacked up, and this is a great show, not because of the story and because it's the Lakers. Look at the casting they did for this thing. It is brilliant. In its casting, it's brilliant in its performance. You have unknowns who fit a physical setup that that are great actors that are acting well from every end. Even if they're not exactly like the the real guys, it doesn't matter. Point is, I'm not watching a show thinking, "Oh my god." My god, Nixon's boy, man, he's just terrible. He. I He's think really that's good. Norm Nixon. That is Norm Nixon, even if it might not be. Right? I'm gonna assume it is. I mean, it's his son. Sean Patrick Small. Sean Patrick why? Smalls looks exactly like Larry Bird. Why? I mean, why? Why? Why did O'Shea uh, Jackson Jr. do such a great job in Straight Outta Compton? He knows who his dad is. It's his dad. He killed it. Norm's son is killing it. That's that's gotta be Norm, and that stuff to me carries a lot a lot of weight. And you have to, as an investor in that industry, you have to give the people what they want. And if you're not getting enough money to to, to produce this stuff because of some setup that you think might work, then I don't know. I don't know what to tell you other than maybe you're not good at producing projects, which is what I've been saying about movies like the irishman you had the greatest cast in the history of civilization al pacino joe pesci 
Robert De Niro and the greatest director, in my opinion, of, all, of the last 50 years, and Martin Scorsese, but the movie wasn't good because the backing was Netflix. What the hell does Netflix know about making movies? What the hell does Warner Brothers know about streaming? They're a movie company for 100 plus years. They're supposed to make films. They're good at making films and TV shows, not streaming crap. And that's just my thing. Now, HBO could be considered like the OG stream, but it's not. It's cable. It's a cable setup. Money that went to it. There wasn't a lot of options at that time. You had HBO, Cinemax, and Showtime for the longest time. And that was really, really all the paid premium channels you usually had, uh, at the, uh, you know, back in the day. But now it's it's a different ballgame. They're not setting the table the right way. They're not they're just not doing it. They don't know what they're doing. And it's obvious with what's been going on. No one knows what to do. No one works on anything creative. They're all about trends. G Gerald, we talked about this earlier today about the video game world. They're all about trends. All these guys are about trends. They don't care about new property. They don't care about making legitimate stars. They don't care about any of that. And the stars don't care about being stars anymore. Who brings in the butts in the seats? Julia Roberts, 2000. Aaron Brockovich was paid $20 million for Aaron Brockovich. Margot Robbie can can make a claim to that. She's the only Margo one. Margot Robbie is the is one of maybe a handful of legitimate movie stars. She is number 1 right now in my book. I mean, Tom Cruise is there. He's he's there, right? He, Tom Cruise is there, but I think I'm using Margot Robbie as as more of what's like in her prime. She's in her prime now. Like she is prime movie star she is number one in my book right now she don't she embraces her celebrity she embraces her acting she embraces the spectacle that's what people want they want someone who is a movie star if anyone tells you that they want the movie star like the brad pitts and the tom cruises and the margot robbies you want they want them to be just like us and I, oh my God, she goes to the store just like us. You are out of your gall. They do not want that, even if they say it. People want movie stars to be out of this world. Goes back to that fantasy thing again. Why do women? Why do women like romance novels? Why did women like that Fifty Shades of Grey guy? Right? They wanted to fantasize about that. Right? That's what they want. You need to give the audience what they want. They want to fantasize. Give it what they want. They don't want to hear about your 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 crap about the money you're not getting. They don't give a crap about that. They don't care about Bob Iger. They don't care about any of these people. There you go. Show us what we want to watch. We want to watch Winning Time. We're paying money to to your lousy Max. What what, what does that even mean, Max? It's HBO. What Max? I feel like if we, Morton, I feel like if Morton Downey. And Joe Sorrow had a talk show. It'd be the greatest thing in the world. I would have done what Rowdy Piper did. <laughs> <laughs> the fire extinguisher. <laughs> that was one of the best. That was one of the best wrestling things. I mean, just Piper's face. The camera was right there. And he just blew the smoke in his face. And he was like... <laughs> <laughs> 
He was a good sport about it, man. That guy was so oh. awesome. Oh, so, man, those they days. both were. They so, Sean, were. your thoughts on this? Again, it's a, a very well-produced show. It is, uh, you know, depending on the, who you look at, it's a very well-acted show. Uh, you know, John C. Riley again, tremendous job this year as well. You also have, again, Jason Siegel playing Paul Westhead. Uh, you have a lot of individuals in there as far as what you talk about, Adrian Brody playing Pat Riley, who looks like Pat Riley from that era. You know, it just, just seems like the performances, like you said, Norm Nixon's son is absolutely killing it as Norm Nixon. Uh, it would be a shame if you didn't let this series play out longer. I would have loved to see, I would love, to see this actually evolve into the Kobe Shaq era. I know that's where Jeff Perlman, who is the author of the book that inspired this series, who is now a producer for the second season, uh, has intimated he would love to see where it goes. He does not want it to stop at 1984. We all know as Lakers fans what happened in 1984. But your thoughts, Magic Man, before we head on out. Yeah, you know, Gerald, uh, as you said, um, John C. Riley's performance as Dr. Boss. I, I I think he's doing more as much as he can with the with the the script he's been given. As you as you said, the the writing has become a little blasé, but mm-hmm. uh, he's doing great. And um, that scene where Jason Siegel says, "Well, we're in this together. We're not in this together." Like I I could actually picture somebody. Uh, trying to have the gall to tell Dr. Buss that and his, his performance uh, has been really, really remarkable. Uh, you know, Joe, I, I understand, I understand the dramatization, but just as, just as a side, uh, just knowing, knowing who he is and having read uh, his autobiography, Pat Riley would never let anybody speak to him the way that, uh, the character Paul Westhead was speaking to him in the series. That would, that would not happen. Furniture would be moving, and uh, they would be dra- probably escorting Pat. And out I get of it the with dramatization, but you, I've told you my my appreciation for Paul Westhead particularly, and how tragic a figure figure he is in Lakers history. I do not think it needed to come to where it needed to. But then again, I didn't. I wasn't there in the coaching rooms. I wasn't there in the locker rooms with with him at Magic and how it deteriorated yeah, I, so rapidly. And Gerald, uh, if everybody wants to go back and check out the uh, the Lakers one hundred and one we did about uh, uh, that yes. whole that whole uh, season with Westhead's departure, uh, the three of us yes. were uh, discussing that it's a great episode. But it's just they got the crux of the issue, though, Gerald. The system itself. The system that Paul Westhead ran at Loyal Marymount was very different than the system he ran with the Lakers. Yes. It was almost as if he ha- he had the rhythm that he wanted for the system, but the pace wasn't. The had same. he run that system at the Lakers, there would have never been an issue for Magic because Magic would have the ball. His- he would have actually had no problems. So the only person that probably would have had an issue with it was Kareem. That's and outside right. Of that. Yeah. That's right. So that's I've never, that the only individual we, who had a problem with that. That, but the, he didn't. I've never, he didn't have that then. He had to grow and mature as a coach to get to that point. Uh, at, that he did in Loyola Marymount. Yeah, absolutely, Gerald. Because he was he. The spots were were the key in the system, right? And some players went to spots where they shouldn't have been to begin with. Uh, Kareem 
was often in the wrong spots on the floor. So, I mean, you have a 7-2 center. You're not putting in the middle. You're you're carrying off to the side. Really strange. Uh, at times, um, you know, Magic didn't have the ball and was asked to uh, <laughs> do things that uh, you shouldn't be asking a, a legend to do. But that, that was the crux of the issue. They got that correct. Magic just did not want to adapt into the system because there's no point of adapting into the system. Um, the, pay, the pace was not up to snuff for any of those guys. And, you know, at, at, at the end, Magic tells everybody that he wants to be traded. I agree. I agree, my friends. I'm hoping, that, again, that, that we will get to see winning time fleshed out in its entirety. Joe, it's been tremendous having you here. And, you know, appreciate you taking the time to talk to us from Dodger Stadium parking lot. Um, I know getting an echo here, so I'll go ahead and I'll mute you until it's time for you to talk, my friend. But I wanted to go ahead and let you know how much we're, we're glad we are you are here with us. Uh, any last thoughts, my friend, before we head out for a great Lakers La- Labor Day weekend? Yes, uh, tonight is, for those of you who don't know, is Kobe Bryant night. Uh, Natalia will be throwing out the first pitch and there will be gifts, I guess, given out to fans tonight. It's a Dodgers jersey with the number eight in the front and 24 in the back. So it's Kobe, Kobe Bryant night in LA Friday against the potential uh, NLCS matchup between the Dodgers and the Braves. Yesterday was a was a nut punch. Uh, one yes. one damn one bad pitch cost them the game. But I was very happy with their resilience to come back. And my my feeling is they need to send a message here the next couple days to let Atlanta know that they're going to need a lot more than than what they did yesterday to to take this team out this year. Because I think this, the Dodgers have something something a little bit different this year that I wasn't expecting. It's there's this resolve. There's this no fear type type kind of mindset that I hadn't seen in a while. Usually Dodgers tend to fold when, when at, at the worst times. And I'm feeling like this might be that one year uh, where I think they can get through that and hopefully win a championship again. They're, they're, they're due at this point. They, they really, really need to get another title They're They were screwed out of one. Some could say two in 2018. I still say yes. And, uh, but I, I'd like to, like to add another championship here for for LA and the Dodgers, so we can continue this run that that that's pretty unprecedented, at least uh, at least for me as a Dodger fan. And uh, with that, I will say goodbye to everyone. Uh, we'll see you guys uh, on the next show, and uh, thank you for having me on. And have a great weekend. Have a great Labor Day Labor Day weekend and a day. And try not to drive inebriated. That's all I can say because. A lot of that stuff's going on, and I'm hoping that you guys don't do that. Absolutely. So be safe out there in, in uh, Dodger Stadium, Chavez Ravine. It is Joe Sorrell, a.k.a. Ox1947 from LakersBall.com, and also as well, of course, Simblades, SimbladesWithTheY.com. Magic Man, of course, is here as well. You know he'll want to do some stuff over the course of the weekend, so we'll go ahead and plan that out. But remember, Lakerholics Spotlight. Episode 12, I think it is. They will go ahead and be on tomorrow around 10.15 Pacific time. That's I don't know why he, you know, Jamie said 10.15-ish. 
So 10.15-ish, we'll schedule it out there tomorrow. So look forward to them discussing the topics of the NBA and Team USA that they want to go ahead and talk about. I know Bloodhound was talking about, uh, the will the Clippers show be called Losing Time? <laughs> Very nice. Who will play Donald Sterling? But there is an actual Clippers series, mini series being, uh, I guess, that has been developed. It's been, I think it's already done and wrapped filming uh, due to the strike. I'm not sure when they're actually going to go ahead and, and show that off. But Ed O'Neill from Married with Children will be playing the role of Donald Sterling. So I'm very curious to see how that's being played out. I do know Lawrence Fishburne is playing Doc Rivers. Uh, those are the familiar names that you'll know right off the top of the bat there. So be interesting to see how losing time, a.k.a. the Sterling Affairs, will be for the Los Angeles Clippers indeed. But it will be, I'm sure, something we talk about on the show, whether for bad or for good. So we'll go ahead and do that, I'm sure, and give it the time that it's deserving. And uh, obviously, we talk about it and criticize it from there and take more shots in the Clippers, indeed, as we do as Lakers fans. Uh, Elgin Baylor needs a role. Oh, uh, he'll have a role on there. I'll actually look it up again real quickly before we head on out. But Magic Man, before we head on out, any last thoughts on Team Canada or the World Cup for this weekend, my friend, before we head on out? Oh, Canada. Go Canada on Sunday, or it's going to be uh, lights out, Gerald, by the Spaniards. Absolutely. I, I agree with you on that. Uh, I think that they do need to go ahead and make sure that they do get the show victory. Yes, and, they got to show up. Got to play consistent uh, 40 minutes. Uh, Team USA as well. They can't not play around. If they continue to play around, it will be a problem and an issue for them. Uh, I'm still looking, though, for on IMDb for who's playing Elgin Baylor. Uh, my gosh, the, the characters that are being in there, like there's, of course, uh, the Sterlings, Tyron Liu, Alvin Gentry, Jared Dudley, all these familiar names as far as that are stars are playing these characters. Doc Rivers, I told you, is being played by Lawrence Fishburne. I'm still looking on that, but I've not been able to find out yet. But I'm sure someone is playing Elgin Baylor. You cannot have the saga go down magic man without an elgin baylor in the fold for losing time aka the sterling affairs so what are your thoughts on that before we head on out no you're right Gerald. there has to be a there has to be an elgin baylor arc in I, I could just story. i could just and, picture they filming like and, and saying like a time-lapse video of him over 10 years 15 20 years just going like this with his frustrated with his hand with his hands on the his hands and his face and just on the desk, you know, why me? Why me? Why Gerald, me? Gerald, who played Elgin Baylor in Showtime? That was Orlando Anderson, correct? I believe so, yes. But this would be an older. Okay. I mean, I'm you just, could get away with it. You could get yeah, away with I, it. Yeah, with makeup and that. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not so. I'm not so. I'm not uncertain if uh, he wouldn't have been cast. As, maybe that was kind of an Easter egg they threw in there. I don't know. Maybe, maybe indeed. But yeah, I've looked up IMDb. I'm not sure exactly who's playing the role. Uh, hopefully we'll get to find out who that is. Uh, actually, I'm going to look even more, look in even more detail. Uh, but Magic Man, it's been great to have you. Clifton Davis will be playing Elgin Baylor. But get this, five episodes or six episodes in full, only one of which he is in. How is he only in one episode? Elgin Baylor. 
I, I just can't believe that. How can yeah. this story be told without Elgin Baylor just being repeatedly just been just, you know, hammered for years by Donald Sterling and then still only be one part, one small part of this equation. Yeah. Yeah. That makes no sense. That's kind of like telling the story of Michael Jordan and Nike and leaving out Sonny Vaccaro. You can't talk about Donald Sterling and the Clippers without uh, mentioning heavily uh, Elgin Baylor's tenure as an executive. That's, that's uh, abominable by uh, the showrunners there, Gerald, too. Exclude Herb says the history. Break to play Elgin Baylor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, one, episode, one episode out of six. I don't care what timeline it deals with. You've got to have more than that for Elgin Baylor. Just, yeah. just to describe and go into more detail how inept this organization has been for so many. Was for so many years. Just, just truly uh, surprising that I got a chance to read that. But Magic yeah, Man. No. No, Kurt, we talked about that earlier on. Gerald had mentioned it. That uh, Bruno Cabloco, yes. Beating shining moment comes when he's against an entire country. (laughs) Instead of of pressure from one city to be the next Kevin Durant, which uh, a label he had to live with while he lived in Toronto. Kurt says, if Drake can play Jimmy in a wheelchair, he can play Elgin indeed. So for Magic Man, Sean Grice, this is Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Bruno had a chip on his shoulder against all of Canada. If Bruno had played like that in the NBA, he would still be in the NBA. So it is what it is, indeed. But for Magic Man, Sean Grice, it's me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Tune in tomorrow for Lakerholic Spotlight around 10.15-ish. It was just the official word I got from Jamie Sweet as he and Laker Tom go over their great subjects and great topics concerning NBA and the Lakers. Then tune in this fine Lakers Labor Day weekend for me and Sean. Look out for that. Appreciate it, Kurt. Thanks so much again for your support. Also as well, Bloodhound and everybody in the best Lakers chat room that's out there, the Lakers Fast Break. Truly appreciate it. Again, have a great Labor's Day, Labor Day weekend. A great Lakers Labor Day weekend. Shout out to Joe at Dodger Stadium. Don't get kicked out, my friend. Enjoy and don't try to beat up a Braves fan while you're there. I actually had to go to a game with one and it wasn't too pleasant right there. So for Sean Grice, it's Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. We'll see you next time. Hoping you have a great Labor Day weekend, Lakers weekend, right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.